Hi, and welcome to the podcast That Fangirl Life, the platform that champions female fans, with me, your host, Laurel. It's the season two finale, and this week I'm joined by Aoife, Ali, and Harry, aka Midnight Memories, the podcast. Listeners, we discuss how the idea of starting a podcast all about One Direction's discography came about, how gatekeeping within the fandom, as well as the boys' romantic relationships, is still happening, who their dream guests for the podcast would be, as well as our views on Larry, and what's next for Midnight Memories, the podcast. Hi everybody, it is Laurel. We are back with uh, the season two finale of um, That Fangirl Life. And this week I am joined by Aoife, Ali and Harry from the Midnight Memories One Direction podcast. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Do you guys want to introduce yourself and tell everybody listening a little bit about you? Um, Hello, I'm Aoife. I'm 24. I'm a theatre maker and fangirl based in Belfast. Uh, I'm Ali. I'm 25. I'm also a theatre maker. That's how me and Aoife know each other. And I am based in Dublin. Um, I'm Harry. I'm just a guy and I live in Belfast. <laughs> I'm 24. I will start how I start every episode and that is by asking everybody that comes on, what does the word fangirl mean to you? I feel like for me, I've either got a really addictive personality or undiagnosed ADHD because I've just always like been a massive fan of something so fangirl sort of feels like an identity to me yeah I think the same as well like whenever I think of the word fangirl like you know the connotations of that for me is like community like friends the people that I've met through being a fan of something because like I feel like the same as if I've always been a fan of something um but like yeah I think it's like such a nice thing because I think of like all the days out I've had because of being a fan or like all the people I've met so like yeah it's definitely like I suppose community like yeah people who are passionate about things unapologetically yeah I would say that for me the word definitely conjures up like tumblr circa 2012 like really bad gifs of about two <laughs> seconds of like Sherlock and they're like badly <laughs> edited with contrast and stuff yes but yeah I would say yeah a kind word would be passionate for some of those people some of those things <laughs> Obviously, we are going to be talking about One Direction primarily um, and how you guys decided to start the podcast and everything like that. Um, So obviously, the first question that I have to ask is, how were you all first introduced to One Direction? Well, like I say, I always had like some pop culture thing that I was a massive fan of. And for many years, that was the X factor for me. So I was just really into the X Factor and so would have been watching that year and a lot of their auditions were like some of the really big ones like you know they'd always be like the big X Factor audition of the weekend they put it in the papers and stuff so I remembered seeing Liam and stuff my introduction to one day really like I got into them following Harry because I had been a fan of his audition like in particular so wherever he went I went and that is still the case. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Yeah. I was the same as Aoife, except for me, it was like Liam's audition. Um, like I said it on our podcast, like the minute he walked out, I was like, my life is signed away here now. I just know. Um, and then he ended up in One Direction. And then I ended up in the fandom. <laughs> like, yeah. Simple <laughs> as. Yeah. Uh, my, the first thing I think I remember seeing them in was the One Thing video. I think in school, I think one of our teachers was talking about them because she was like, yeah, the Matt Cardle album was shit. And then um, <laughs> it's better if you come second because I think someone in my school had auditioned for Britain's Got Talent or something like that. I don't <sighs> quite remember. I've probably given about five different answers to that question on the <laughs> podcast already. So. <laughs> I don't really know. We kind of sort of touched on it, but what made it be like, yes, I'm going to set up camp for the next 10 and a half years let's say we've been all here now <laughs> and <God>. like, <laughs> like chug along uh, with them through everything I don't even know like we talked about this on our podcast before and I always say it just sort of felt like it was a bit magic or something it was just so perfect but then 
maybe I was just the exact right target market and that's why yeah. I'm like it was magical I don't even know what it was maybe it's just marketing but I don't know I they they just had like I think in that initial getting into them, there was so much content and like watching them from the X Factor, there was a storyline and a narrative for them, but they were just such good crack. And being a One Direction fan was just so much fun. Like whenever I think back on it, I'm just like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, that was such crack. So I think it was just like that it was that constantly fun and engaging. Like they also, felt like they were, they were so much more accessible like in terms yeah. of like even yeah. just geographically because before them I would have been like a stan of the Jonas Brothers but like they never came to Ireland really they came like once twice yeah and like you know America got all the content there whereas when they came when One Direction came along it was like we were actually getting to see them more you know they, they were going to do concerts here there was an Irish member so it just like felt like even from the beginning that we were always going to be a bit closer to them do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's the Ireland is somehow a bit like Australia and that like very few people ever seem to come and tour here. Or if they do, yeah. it's in Dublin and it's like, oh, I'm not fucking getting the bus down for two hours. And that was four hours for me to go to yeah. Dublin. And so then you're depending on someone going to Belfast and the way a lot of tours are scheduled to come here they would always come during exam periods or so, like whether it was so like true. mock exams or like official, like either your junior cert or even cert or just like house exams at your school. And so then, then it's the fight with your ma to let you go. And there's the, <laughs> like, I need you to drive me because I'm 13. Yeah. <laughs> I need yeah. you to buy my ticket. And then she's like, wait, it's how much money to go start for park? Like having Twitter and Tumblr back then was a big like push for them to like yeah as big as what they did which is like and it was it was all free as well because it was all on social media and yeah. I feel like that was when people were starting to move away from having like official fan clubs yeah I had like paid to be in Paramore's fan club because I was like a really really massive Paramore fan and then I I did drop them for One Direction so Hayley Williams if you're listening I'm so <laughs> sorry girl boss so I was paying for that extra content and like extra accessibility to them um whereas yeah with one day it was just up on YouTube it was on Twitter they were doing all these little live streams and stuff yeah. and you could just hang out oh, with them most of it was like yeah it was just it was here for the taken the live streams oh my god the live streams got us hooked I think yeah <laughs> the Christmas ones yeah that was like 11 years ago like what the hell ah stop in my head I'm still 17 so that's like how does that work if that was 10 years <laughs> <Yeah>. ago <laughs> um, a question obviously that I do want to ask is how did you guys all meet because obviously as you've said you all live in different parts of Ireland Mm -hmm. and Northern Ireland so how did you guys meet? Yeah so I am from Donegal in the Republic of Ireland but then I came to Belfast in Northern Ireland for university and that's where I met Harry and so we've been close friends for years and then I followed Ali on Twitter from her being a One Direction fan account back in the day. Ali, I don't know if you like want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I had a fan account for 1D. It, like the name kind of changed multiple times, but it was, it was roughly 1D Irish Team X or XO or whatever. Um, and yeah, Aoife followed me and then we met each other at a theatre festival in Cork through our colleges. And then through Aoife, I met Harry in Belfast and then we watched yeah. the we watched we the watched... Game of Thrones finale together. That's the only time we've <laughs> yeah. actually met in re- yeah. reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I to bond over in real life. Yeah, yeah. that's that our other fandom. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> um, from that, what? Who came up with the idea of? I know. Let's do a podcast about every single song that One Direction has done. <laughs> um. I don't know I feel like me and Ali were like messing around like being like oh we should do this we should do this we should do this and then then we were like we should actually do this yeah (laughs) um and you had these lads on but pause it play it I just loved their podcast so much and so I was really inspired by them and I remember listening to it one day being like oh like man I'd really love to be able to do that about something what is there what do I love (gasps) one direction (laughs) and so then because me and Ali, like we say, are like 1D fans since X Factor. Mm-hmm. And Harry 
is not. <laughs> <laughs> so we just thought that he would be like a fun perspective, kind of balance me and Ali out because a lot like we'll give them a lot of leeway for nostalgia reasons whenever we're talking about the music. Mm-hmm. But then Harry's able to come in and be like, hey, no, this is a bad song. <laughs> and I can song say is- that with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it really works as well. Like anyone you talk to is like the dynamic is very funny because of that. Yeah. <laughs> Harry is the breakout star of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How- do you juggle doing the podcast alongside just normal life like obviously things have been probably a bit easier when you first started because of lockdown but now obviously the world is getting semi back to normal as such yeah how do you find juggling it because I know myself I have to really like make myself put time aside in my diary I was putting time aside for me to sit and edit (laughs) and Mm -hmm. find guests Mm -hmm. yeah it is definitely a lot more difficult like having just the space and time that lockdown gave and then going back to work it means that like it just genuinely can't be as much of a priority as you want it to be Mm -hmm. because you just don't have the time because you gotta pay that rent and so it's difficult because I really would love to be able to just put absolutely everything into the podcast but instead I'm just left with like the little window from whatever time I wake up to whatever time I start work and whatever my day off is then that's like okay it's not a day off this is a full yeah. day of my other job but I think yeah. that it's good that we're like a team on it you know because like I'll edit the episodes and so that's like down to me to make the time to do and to be prepared for and stuff but like we'll all do a little bit on the social medias and stuff and just the TikTok like it's just throw up a silly little video if you feel like it or whatever <laughs> and so it's good to be able to collaborate on it I think it makes it a little bit easier yeah also like we probably spend as much time I would anyway talking about them or talking about something One Direction or Harry related so might as well use that time to do something actually productive you know like I'd be doing yeah. it anyway like I'm I'm one of those people who just sort of always want or needs I suppose to do, be doing something yeah um so like, and obviously I've been out of work since everything closed down. So I've kind of just made it my job as well. Cause I have another podcast too. So I just like, they are my jobs. If you ask me what I do for the past few months, I am a podcaster. I am a full-time podcaster. <laughs> so until I go back to work, we'll see how that goes. But um, no. I think it's, I definitely think it's manageable. You just do have to like put aside the time to do it. Um, but I think, you know, there, especially with One Direction, there's so much content there that it's maybe not as much of a struggle to think of things weekly because I suppose a lot of the songs are like the eras kind of dictate that for us rather than having to like hunt things down yeah you sort of yeah. know what you need to look for like yeah. coming up with content is not an issue it's just all the admin stuff but that's a me problem <laughs> <laughs> do you feel that you get judged for running a podcast at all about one direction I don't know. I don't. Do you want to maybe answer that question first? Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, as as a guy who's not like you're not really a fan fan girl of One Direction. Do you feel you get judged more than the other two girls? I don't know. I mean, no one really says anything to me because I don't see anyone. (laughs) Hard to know. He'd have to tell them. He'd have to own up for someone to Uh, say. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I was tagged in that. In that photo he tagged me in a photo on instagram and i did get a message from my friend ronan and he was like are you doing it why are you doing this <laughs> i was like i can't really answer that ronan to be honest <laughs> i don't have a convincing answer for you because it's good crack ronan that's why yeah. yeah. <laughs> listen to the podcast if people enjoyed it they would listen to it but you know if they don't that's that's fine as well and they can just like not not listen to it mm-hmm. i mean I also like think Mark like it Carney. reflects worse on those people if they do judge you for it like yeah you know, it, make, it doesn't make you look silly it makes them look silly because I I definitely think like there, there probably is people who judge and definitely back when they were on X Factor when we were younger people definitely would have said stuff like I remember I sent it into like our group chat one of the days where I found I don't know what I put up it was something on Facebook in like 2012 being like oh One Direction's new video is really great or something some guy in my year commented and was like one direction or gay and it's like <laughs> what like what are you yeah. achieving here 
in, yeah. like, apart from making yourself look like an idiot. Um, <laughs> and I think I just replied to him being like, good man, Brian, good man. He was just a Larry. <laughs> He was just a Larry. Yeah. But yeah, just... I think you can just you can you can dodge them. I just don't pay attention to you. Like it it this just looks silly for them. Yeah, like I don't necessarily feel judged by anyone for doing it, but I think that people just maybe don't take it seriously. Like if I say I have a podcast, yeah. like, oh what's it about? And then I say it's about one direction, they go, uh, and they kind of yeah. see them out a little bit because it's exactly like Ali says, everyone sees them as just a silly little thing. But we're like, hey, you do not realize how many people are out there who love them so passionately. So sorry. And like, God you forbid you're loser. passionate about something. Like, Literally, yeah. God forbid you have a bit of joy in your life. Yeah. Oh, That's the reason why we are doing this um, for it. Because as women, girl, young girls as well, especially when I was younger, there was nothing like this to make me feel like, me liking this as much as I do is normal and okay. Um, like when people have always asked me, like, why did you start the podcast? Like, why did you decide to create the website and stuff like that? It's because when I was younger, I wish there was something like 13 year old me was able to go on the internet. Not that really the internet wasn't a big thing back yeah. then. Yeah. But to just know that it was like normal and speak yeah. to other people, make friends that, understand it because even my friends nowadays are a bit like yeah it's great we love like you're doing what you love but I really don't get like why like my sister can never understand why people idolize celebrities as much as they do like she really Mm -hmm. can't wrap her head around it I think most of it does especially with One Direction I definitely found like yeah I liked their music but I think the most part of enjoying being in the One Direction fandom was actually the pe- the other people in it. Like it wasn't even yeah. the band. Like it was like all of the friends that I made mostly on Twitter and most of who I'm still friends with. Um, it was more so that, you know, like when people mm-hmm. are so confused by being a fan of something, it's like, no, there's so much more to it than just the band. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why people get so attached to it because it's not just like, music or the the silly little band themselves it's like all of the friends all of the memories you have Mm -hmm. um and maybe because they don't have that because they're not attached to a band they don't have all those other attachments too so they don't get it yeah yeah what do you think has been the biggest learning curve for you since starting the podcast I don't know. <laughs> I really struggled with this question. I literally, I'm like, because I made little notes for all of these and I was like, hmm, I actually don't know. <laughs> I know, I know, but I don't know. Can we say it? Just don't piss off the Larrys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's what bitch, I learned. we knew about that. We knew that. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta keep them sweet. But this we really got to keep them sweet. Like, <laughs> being on the other end of it, yeah. Don't want to get cancelled for saying I don't think Larry's real. Yeah, like Maybe we're not Larry's, but I definitely feel like we're having a One Direction podcast. There's part of you that does sort of feel like, and like, just because I don't respect Larry's, I think it's really stupid what they do and disrespectful yeah. towards Harry and Louie. But there is still a part of you that's like, oh my God, like they are a whole they're a whole segment of a fandom and you do sort of feel like you have to have an ounce of respect for them yeah because whenever we because there's a huge part yeah and they're so vocal as well and I don't want to like isolate anyone like I don't want anyone to feel like they couldn't listen to the podcast because we'd be slagging them off or slagging off their fave or like slagging off Larry or whatever and so like our first couple of episodes we really were like okay let's just like play the center let's not let's stay take an opinion fence. either way let's be <laughs> joe biden <That laughs> work like there's so much content of one direction to cover and we just kind of got to a point where we were like how are we ever going to properly talk about what it was like to be a one direction fan or what it is like to be a one direction fan without talking about larry yeah and so it was especially we did an episode whenever Harry and Olivia like became a thing. We did an episode about them, and we were like, right, well, how are we going to talk about this and not talk about Larry? Mm. So, fuck it, let's just let's get loose and get wild and tell our honest <laughs> opinions. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna touch a little bit on like excessive fans a little bit later on, um, mm. towards the end of the episode. Um, just because obviously where we all do our own research and sitting on TikTok, you can see both ends of the scale 
um, yeah. yeah, in regards to it, especially with a lot of things happening at the moment. Um, you can yeah. <laughs> see both ends of it. We will move on to the quick fire round. Um, it's really nice and simple. If you've listened to the other episodes, you'll know it's not anything difficult. Um, we will start off with some 1D related um, ones, first of all, and then we will move on to podcast based um, ones towards the end for you guys. So we will start, first of all, with your favourite One Direction song. Happily. I am torn between Happily and Made in the AM. Well, AM. Yeah. Uh, I'm going for Night Changes pretty confidently. Pretty confidently. (laughs) Favourite album? Four. Four. I'm going to just have to say Up All Night because it's the only one I've actually <laughs> listened to every song on. So. <laughs> so. Controversial. Uh, yeah, you're probably the only person out there who would say that. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. You guys come, mightn't have heard of it. When you come back, after you've done all of them, you'll be able to come back and be like, yeah. I yeah, formally yeah. changed my answer for that. <laughs> um, then controversially, we're going to go for Worst Song. so many many. we just finished talking about up all night can I just say (laughs) basically um I am gonna say gotta be you because I just have an irrational hatred for that song oh my god it's not actually their worst song it's just their song that I dislike the most my least favorite is um their Eurovision pop it everything about you I fucking hate that song it, what's the one that's like it's like a rock on fire da, 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 da. what was that one uh, another yeah. one oh, that, yeah. yes I yeah. can be no superman yes yeah oh. take it to another yeah uh, awful and is that actually the one a tie they, is that the one where they say I'm a thief I'm a thief I'm a thief yeah, yeah. yeah like there were parts one. of that song where I was like oh wait you might have my attention, but I'm sick of what gotta be you is my least fave though. Yeah. Everything about you definitely my least fave. It's just mm. it's just Euro trash. I I hate it. They sound like robots. It's just so yeah edited. It's just it's terrible. It's like they layered like a thousand million Instagram filters in the form of sound <laughs> onto a song. It's so bad. I I wish I wish it never came out. I know that's so harsh, but it's oh. <laughs> fair yeah uh, my least favorite is definitely well I, I don't I can't really conclusively say but I'll go with moments just because it's written by Ed Sheeran <laughs> yeah, and... both of them songs that you've just yeah. been like no <laughs> no not for me uh, worst album up all night Ma- oh no it is up all night I was gonna say it could be take me home but no it's up all night I tuned out with them for a little bit when take me home came out so I'm just less attached to it mm. I, mean, I did say Up All Night was my favourite, but it is also the it is also bad <laughs> in, in many, many respects. My favourite and my It's also worst. no good. Yeah. Yeah. In a toxic relationship with Up All Night. Favourite lyric or the best lyric that you think has been written? This is so hard. Ali, you go first. <laughs> okay, so I like frantically Google there a couple of songs that I think might have the best lyric in it. Um, the options were something from Made in the AM, something from Midnight Memories, something from Act My Age, or something from Girl Almighty. And I've gone with Girl Almighty, the line where it's, let's pray we stay young, stay made of lightning. Stop, I thought the same one! It's just, it's summarized, like, yeah, and all of the it songs summarizes are, One Direction. Yeah, because it's just like all their, their whole discography is about being young, having fun and I think that that just sort of summarizes what they were so I think yeah I think it might be my favorite well I I think it's the best one my favorite is na 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 and then we're like yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) I still can't believe that that was written and that that was released yeah very tempting to just like pick a joke one um I love that Girl Almighty one as well. And then I also love Walking in the Wind. I think that yeah. song is so beautifully written. So maybe like the first verse of that I love. I feel like Walking in the Wind is always underrated. Like It's so good, man. Can. Yeah, that's one, that's one of my favourites. And I was going to say, Temporary Fix, I feel like it had a resurgence like last year. Yes. Oh yeah, my God, I love that. that song. 
Um, I was I could just say the the night changes lyrics again, but uh, I just like that song for my own reasons. But then uh, I think I'll go with history and probably like the the last verse that Louis sings because it's not they let him sing for the first time on that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the sort of bridge at the end where he, yeah. he sort of rushing towards. That's yeah. good. I quite like that. So I do. Um, yeah, that's quite a nice song as well. Okay, and then to move on, I would like to know who was your favourite member at the start? Mine was Harry. And it's not changed. <laughs> still is, yeah. You've... I was about to say, that's my next one, because a lot of people are <laughs> like... No, I'm I'm basic AF. <laughs> Mine was Liam and then kind of Niall. I'm just a big Louis guy. Just I love what he's doing with the medium of Twitter. Just, just being like <laughs> racking up likes, racking up likes. He's second. He's my second favorite tweeter, second only to Frankie Munitz from Malcolm in the Middle, <laughs> <laughs> who just who just tweets stuff like, "Damn, just ran over my phone with my truck," and I'm like, oh, "What have you?" What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, just just like an insane type of guy, just the best type of guy. Uh, yeah, so so Louis, I go Louis. I'm assuming, has anyone's favourite member now changed? Mine has. I'm Harry girl through and through now. Yeah. I'm I was, going back. I was the same. I was in a Louis to begin with when they first came out. I was all about the sweep hair, all of yeah. that. Then I don't I was trying to think the other day and I was like, when did I just all of a sudden be like up oh, and just now? Because it was when they were in One Direction that I was like, I moved over to being liking Harry more and I do yeah. and I was like what era was it and I think it was when he started growing his hair out okay was just, mine was the bandana era when he started wearing the bandanas around where we yeah. were tour I was like oh I think I vibe with this because yeah. <laughs> he used to be kind of a little bit awkward or I don't know when he when he started being very confident on stage I was like I love this yeah, I think I think it was a confidence thing because obviously yeah. it's like the confident like one in all the interviews and everything. Yeah. So it just felt like you knew more about him. Okay, we're gonna move on to some podcast quickfire questions. Um your favorite episode that you've done? I still love our Olivia episode. It was great. Great journalism. Yeah, I actually I think our Olivia one was very good. I feel like there's lots of good points made, lots of good chat. Um, I also think our very first episode was pretty good. It's all downhill after that one. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say additions. So for any any potential newness listeners, just just listen to that one and don't bother with the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bother. No, no. Yeah, the the additions ones are funny, even if like I am just like screaming over the top of everyone. (laughs) I think I was a bit enthusiastic that night. Who has been your favourite guest? Now, you don't have to say me and Izzy. That's fine. You can go out on a limb with someone yes. else. We had Nosebleed Fits on and we love her. So it was amazing to talk to her. I really enjoyed, and I'm not messing having you on. That was so fun. We were just my having drinks. Was like, not, it was my just hangover was not fun. Oh my <laughs> God, yeah. For like anyone listening who doesn't know about the girls coming on our podcast, Lauren and Izzy were on one of our episodes and like mid podcast, we just took like an hour break and we're just like having the chats. We did a shot. <laughs> like it was just very funny. And then I think afterwards we were still on call for another while as well. Yeah, we were on Zoom till like 2 a.m. Yeah, I did go yeah. to bed. I got into bed and it was like 3 a.m. And I thought like, I could get up at like five, yeah. four, five hours. That episode was made in the a.m. So that <laughs> really was a fun was. one. It was like similar vibes when we had pause it play it on there the other week. Like I can't like that was just chat. Like it didn't yeah. feel like we were recording. We just were yeah. having a great time. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Glee Cap Connor Burke. That was a fun episode oh, today as well. Yes. Good, He's good, good lad. Yeah. For anyone who likes Glee, Connor does a, a podcast where he uh goes over the, the episodes of Glee and his is it a Dublin accent? Is it his reassuring Dublin accent? <laughs> he's from Kildare. He's from he's Nice. From Kildare. Yeah. It's a good podcast. He's very funny. Yeah. He's very, very funny. He's a good guy. Who would be, I feel like I already know the answer to this one, but who is the dream guest? A member of One Direction of, <laughs> we are saying Liam because he feels like the most accessible, but Niall is also would be a gag or Louis or uh, honestly any of them, but they feel like the most likely to do it. 
if I had to pick one of them to come on and like I've never been a Louis girl but I feel like Louis would be the best crack to have on just mm-hmm. I feel like the three of us would really vibe with him yeah and sort of the the way we do the podcast I think we'd have a lot of fun with him and I feel like he's probably the most likely to open up a bit more than the others as well like he's quite vocal he he gives his opinions and we really like that yeah uh, so I feel like he's maybe the dream guest I feel like he'd definitely like if he didn't like a song he'd be like I don't like it, Whereas it. I feel like the others yeah. would be like no come on like it is good, good yeah. song and he'd be like no nah, like this is shit like yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I always feel like people expect us to say like Harry Styles is the answer to that, but I don't think any of us would because no, he's he, so tight-lipped. He's, they yeah. said he's Not too diplomatic in his answers. He's, and yeah. so, so like, been so like media trained on how to answer stuff. And also yeah. imagine how like the 40-minute Skype, imagine how many Skypes you have to get through, how slow he speaks. He's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like, let's set up about eight ready to yeah. go. yeah. Like I, I hate to say it about him, but I feel like he would maybe be a letdown interview-wise, as opposed to the others. Like, because he's obviously so nice, and we love him, but just on the podcast, I feel like Louis would be, yeah, better banter, as they say. Harry's interview on Howard Stern was like hilarious as well, because of the like sort of clash of personalities mm. there. Old yeah. world and new world. That was pretty. That was pretty funny. Just for it's like the sheer awkwardness and being like. I am not. I am not doing this with I'm you. Not a womanizer. Yeah, questions. But just foes is telling of his level of fame, where he can just tell people to fuck off. Really, <laughs> um, I want to go with Zayn just because he's a crazy person. He's, <laughs> he's just a, a, an insane man, and I'd just like to. He would definitely tell out. you how he feels about everything yeah yeah Yeah. the final one if money was no object whatsoever what would be the one thing you'd love to do for the podcast um get the band back together (laughs) (laughs) buy harry a laptop that works um uh buy us all microphones yeah yeah (laughs) if money was no object i would spend 300 pound on microphones for all of us Bias is studio. Yeah, mine yeah. would be to yeah. pay someone to edit. Like that would be lovely. Oh, like, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. Editing's so tedious. Like I don't edit Midnight Mems. That's Alifa. But on my other podcast, I do the editing for it. And like no one, no one talks about how tedious editing a podcast is. Like especially since now everything's happening on Zoom, you have to as well as editing out oohs and ahs and pauses, you have to edit out glitches. Like there's yeah. just, there's so much. And then obviously everything else, like any sounds you're adding and stuff. Yeah. But, um, See, it's at the start of, yeah. At the start of our one, I just had all of us. I don't know if this will be interesting for the listener, but there you go. If you want inside scoop on what it's really like to be a, like a sound engineer, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I would have all of us record ourselves and the guests record themselves and then we I'd put it all together and it would just took so long she would get into line up the audios and then cut it out like if people were speaking over each other I could let one point be made or whatever but it was so tedious it just took so long and so I just started using the zoom audios now and like I feel like you pay a little bit for sound quality but oh my god you get hours of your life back yeah yes. I need them hours where I'm like speaking to different fandoms I tell always end up coming back to the same story and I'm like fuck's sake you're talking about Harry Styles again like stop <laughs> like, like just stop that's how our brains work though as fangirls like you because you've just been so like immersed in I'm that immersed. for 10 years you find Condition. a way to relate absolutely yeah. anything back to something like on the other podcast I'm on chat shit we literally have a, like a running joke that I will mention Harry Styles every single week yeah. and it's like a drinking game now like <laughs> That kind of leads me nicely on now to kind of the second part of what we're going to chat about. But what do you think the most difficult part of being part of any fandom really is? Mm-hmm. I think that it's, I guess, one of the same thing that's one of the difficult things of being on social media, which is that like common sense sometimes seems like it's very rare and the internet and fandom culture are both quite black and white like there's no room for even contact sometimes in conversations or nuance or gray area and so that's really frustrating and I think that that goes like that's not just even speaking about the One Direction fandom I know that like I see a lot of people online say like they're really big Taylor Swift fans but they're like but I'm not a Swifty 
because mm. the word like means something to people and well, my thing sort of like I suppose it's a branch off of that as well like mine would be like the gatekeeping that happens in fandoms mm-hmm. oh my god yeah I just yeah. like I don't think it like personally bothers me that much but I just hate seeing it like seeing people be mean to each other and I think especially now because like there's a whole new generation of One Direction fans and they're mostly on TikTok and you just see all this shit all the time where like the most recent one I've seen is you know this meme where people hold their fingers up like a gun to the camera and they're like if you can't sing along these lyrics it'll be like another world you know like some random b-side track yeah I'd be like if you can't sing these lyrics you can't go to the reunion tour and it'll be literally like a 14 year old doing that and it's like you were four <laughs> yeah if anyone's gonna gatekeep it can't be you do you know yeah and then I feel our like... age group doing that but we're not because we don't care and it's like yeah. why are you doing that like what like and then everyone should be I able think... to enjoy it to whatever extent that they want to yeah but mm-hmm. I think it's so weird because then like both sides are gatekeeping the same thing because this is the other thing that bothers me is it's people really still see them as like people from the X Factor and kids from the X Factor and that's just so regressive it doesn't make sense to me because yes like Ali says like you've got people who've just got into them over lockdown and it's amazing like the resurgence is so cool but then because they're going through what everybody else did 10 years ago that means like the content they're consuming is of One Direction when they were sitting on the stairs in the X Factor house. So yeah. now when they look at Harry Styles, they see that's Haza sitting yeah. on yeah. the stairs in the X Factor house. Do you know the same with Louis where people will be like, that's Louis, oh, carrots, Kevin, all these little yeah. jokes made when you were 17. And so it feels like where they are in a place where they're ready to grow and be different people. And I have grown with them. And now there's people... Mm. Or like the conversation is always trying to pull them back to that and it just is like oh I'm ready to move on and so are they it's like there's narratives being rewritten by people who are only experiencing things from the beginning now and it's just kind of frustrating because and I know it sounds gatekeepy from our side being like oh well we know what actually happened the day that mm. picture was taken or we know it you know but like that that's not even us being like we know better than you it's like no that's just wrong like that's just not yeah what it's happened. literally just what happened because even there now like when you had asked us what our favorite lyrics were and I was saying walking in the wind I see all these TikToks and even on the genius page for it where it's like this song is about saying leaving the band and I'm like I remember that song coming out and Harry saying or one of the writers saying this is about Harry's grandmother who passed away and that's like a footnote on genius where someone's like oh yeah that's a rumor and I'm like <laughs> babes for like six years since this album came out that is what that song has been about for me and I'm so like where's this coming from or even like the little pictures you see in like One Direction Mm -hmm. Facebook groups and stuff where it's like this is the day they didn't let Niall sing or this is the day this person shouted Niall you're ugly and then he cried and Zane gave him a hug for 15 minutes and I'm like that did not happen happen. (laughs) it just didn't also like on top of that too I think there's a lot of judgment if you since the band have split up if you do not support all of their individual careers and it's like well we all started here as a fan of a band yeah. and of that band's music yeah. which doesn't necessarily mean that you have to support all of their individual like because they are also different like I would yeah. say yeah obviously there's I feel like there'll always be kind of crossover between Niall's fans and Harry's fans because their music's maybe the most similar yeah but um like I don't I don't support all of their music at this point now, I have listened to all of them and I know that I'm a fan of Niall and Harry's music. The rest of them, you know, they're fine. Yeah. I wouldn't, like, be running to the shop to buy the albums. But, like, that yeah. doesn't mean that I don't care about them as people. I just don't, I'm don't not into the music they make. Yeah, and it's, I it's like, a thing now that people are, like, they attack people for that. And it's yeah. like, you don't have mm-hmm. to, you don't have to like their music, you know? Yeah. Also, it's a lot of money nowadays to yeah. be a fan. Um, more really so. Is. Yeah, they're in the art side of it now. More mm-hmm. so than like when I was younger, like I like co- one concert tickets are fucking ridiculously expensive, and I think when concerts do come back, oh dear God, you know, I think people are gonna have to take out loans to be able to go to concerts. Yeah, yeah. For real. they're gonna be like two hundred quid, I reckon, just for a standing ticket. But even in a way, like we're kind of lucky on that front because me and Eva are well, hopefully going to Harry Ween. And we got our tickets for like, I think, was it like 30 or $50? So like, yeah, mine was she- like $35. It's right up the back of the place. But I'm like, do you know what? I don't care. They're going to be there. Crack. But like those tickets were so cheap 
as opposed to like my ticket to see Harry in Dublin was like 77 quid. Mm-hmm. And this is a Madison Square Garden ticket for literally half that price. So it's like, it's it's so weird. Like the, depending on where you are in the world, you're paying so much more. Like we had Australian girls on the podcast there as well um, from We Stan. Mm-hmm. And they were telling us about like the price of things over there is like a, a whole other level again. Yeah. Like, um, and like even some of the other tickets for that Madison Square Garden gig, like you were looking at the guts of $450 yeah. for one ticket. Because it took me ages to buy my one because Ali had bought hers whenever they came out. And so she got hers. It was like $50. That's great. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should come too. I should come too. And so I was trying, this was over lockdown. So I was trying to like bulk up my furlough to be able to make a $700 dent in it for one ticket for one show. And you know what's so bad? I nearly did it. it. I nearly did it. And then I found the $35 ticket. So thank God to the person who turned that. You saved me. Even like other things as well. Like, um, was it on our episode with Pause of Play It? We were talking about the merch. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Harry's Harry's website. It's like, he's charging. uh, Sorry, Harry Styles, if you're listening. But like 70 (laughs) quid. I'm not sorry. It's ugly. It's ugly. 70 quid for a fucking hoodie. Like It's famously ugly. And it's There's me like, too in my wardrobe. Like, oh, same. Just, like, I, I buy yeah, it all. Eva owns it all. <laughs> but I think it's ugly. <laughs> and people have such bad shipping delays. Like, famously, that watermelon sugar vinyl, people, people still, still haven't got. Oh, my God. I'm going <laughs> to out myself here as the worst Harry fan ever. I do not own a single piece of Harry merch, official Harry merch, because it is all ugly. And I wish he would employ his fans to make well, his merch like, there's so much more potential out of all of the boys from his songs mm-hmm. to create great merch and he just doesn't i like, just don't know why they don't utilize we're all suckers that. and we'll, we'll all buy it they're just like i'm still buying it all and it's even like the same i really want some taylor swift merch but i'm like taylor i don't know if any of this is nice but i'm still gonna i still want to buy it from myself from researching different things um speaking to different people and looking at different areas of different fandoms i've seen that we did kind of touch on it in regard to like gatekeeping of people being fans of different stuff but there's also the flip side of being how fangirls are perceived as being excessive obsessive stalkers mm. as such and i thought it'd be kind of nice to talk about this if you guys have seen that as such as well especially because over the last few weeks, and I am relating this back to Harry, as I've always said. That's all I've heard. <laughs> He's the only one feeding us content right yeah, now. So. There's been a lot of debate whether or not when photos yeah. are released, if people should be going down to the sets of My Policeman currently. I want to kind of have a little conversation about kind of that, how you guys feel in it. Does it make people seem a worse fan? And that kind of segue kind of into area what i want to start this with is saying if people are hiring harry styles they should know how famous he is and they should shell out the extra 10k to close the street i don't get why they're not doing that on my placement currently why they're fully just like doing it in the open yeah like people are gonna stand and watch whenever filming's happening anyway if you're filming in the street yeah but when you've got like Harry Styles and Emma Corrin, and you're not expecting the paparazzi to show up. Close the set. I that I'm not. I'm not understanding why they're doing it like that. Yeah, in Dan Patrick, they filmed a bit of a movie in like 2012 or something, and it was obviously the most exciting thing that had ever happened prior to like the the supermarket car park sinking. Um, so, um, yeah, or the leisure center flooding. Um, so yeah, but Brendan Fraser was in the movie. So I remember just like after school one day, just standing on Market Street for about three or four hours, just watching Brendan Fraser run, just just run into a car park about a hundred times. And it's like, yeah, that's gonna happen if it's like if it's an if nothing, if it's a nobody. Yeah. Film industry, it's some or like even Instagram yeah. and like being an influencer, these are things that like if you aren't doing it it's so glamorous to you and like of course it is and of course you're going to be curious about it for that reason and so I 
for me, I don't get why they're not taking more precautions. Like with Don't Worry Darling, there were very few pictures leaked and they were from fans who were like stood right at the edge of the rightly closed set or from paparazzi who used drones. There's only so much you can do like to get around that. But these my placement pictures, I really am like, lads, you could put up a big bit. I've not read the book yet from seeing all of it. I've now nearly seen the whole film, like... Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, I think it's actually more disrespectful f- from the paparazzi than from the fans. Like, realistically, and I, as Harry said, it doesn't matter who's in the film. If there's something being filmed on your street, you're going to go out and look. I think the only disrespectful thing maybe that the fans are doing is being rowdy, being loud, shouting at him when he's trying to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's really have. disrespectful. Yeah, I've seen a couple of videos going around where people oh. are being kind of and like to be fair it is in between takes that they're doing it but still like he's not the only person working on that set like there's a lot of people there doing their jobs trying to get this film made and fair play to them doing it in the middle of a pandemic it's already hard but um I just I think it's the paparazzi that are a problem because obviously their pictures are like they're they're the high quality ones they're the ones that are getting shots of absolutely everything that is happening and it's like why is it supposed to make a film if all of the whole thing comes out like it's and they're doing it for different reasons as well like if members of the public or harry fans or emma corin fans or whoever fans are going to watch that filming then they're doing it to get you know a little glimpse of their fave maybe get a picture of them or with them some kind of interaction a paparazzi is there to make money and that job just is like that, yeah. that that's like we can have that conversation if you want but i feel like that no, i feel like a million I, years everybody yeah. knows the paparazzi are vermin yeah. so i think we can leave that. <laughs> yeah I'm, leading on from that yes was it yesterday no it was the day before i don't know if you guys have seen the dumois little video the little video. slow dance <laughs> the slow that, dance spoon in the coffee shop yeah <laughs> <laughs> i want to talk about people's views of relationships with again like fans views not people's views fans views of gatekeeping the boys relationships as such we're going to touch a little bit on harry dating olivia and if that is pr stunt as well as elena cordell and that kind of larry yeah what your guys thoughts are on the way that fans react to this news because personally my thought always is if you love and support a band a thing so much why can't you be happy for them in their own personal lives also because if they're happy in their personal lives that will make them a better person when it comes to them doing their job because at the end of the day what they're doing is a job for us yeah like Mm -hmm. that's my own personal perspective on it so I'm like you date who you want you live your life how you want the whole thing always ends up just like raking of misogyny a bit doesn't it yeah big time and I think especially to use Harry and Olivia as an example it has just been such a weird thing of people going oh that's really cute that's cool or then other people going wow he's a homewrecker I could never support him or people going, wow, she's such a slut. She left poor, innocent Jason Sudeikis to go out with a man younger than her. No, she's cancelled. Or else you've got people going, well, you never said that part, Lizzo. Blah, 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 blah. Getting on their high horse yeah. about that. People getting on their high horse saying, it's PR for the movie. It's not real. And I'm smarter than you because I know that. And I can recognize a stunt. Or else... You've got the Larrys. And so that's just been so much discourse about this relationship. And it's just crazy. Like, just let them get the shift, lads. Yeah. Especially with, like, Olivia. I I, I just think it's so insulting to her and her career to say that that's a PR stunt. She's a woman in her 30s, an award winning director actress she has her shit figured out she doesn't need harry styles pr stunt to further her career she's doing it quite well on her own so i just think it's so insulting to to say that like it's not even like a oh it's the larry's are out again i just think it's it's literally the most insulting thing to say like she is her own person and yeah, it, it just disgusts me every time I see people saying it's pure stunt. Neither of them need it. The film's going to be... Florence Pugh is in it. it. Like, Florence Pugh is the yeah. lead. They don't need 
a PR yeah. stunt to further the film. This is, yeah. This is the thing as well, though. I think, like, whenever you realise that a lot of the people who have, like, stu- say stupid things online, that they're all, like, 14, 15, 16, like, that sort of opens your brain up a lot whenever I think But I was, like, thing <laughs> at that age as well. Thankfully, yeah. not on the public record. My God. Um, but, yeah, people, there's, like, a real trend whenever people love to call, like, industry plant and like da 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 whenever it's actually like no this band is actually just shit <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah yeah there's a lot of people trying to to make out that they have an understanding of what actually goes into yeah. making someone successful whenever yeah. they don't and I feel like those relationships and stuff like that you, it's, that's not one of them it's like I don't know what the cross-pollination is between the two like, of them really this is it like I don't it's like you say Ali like She's so successful. No matter what her second movie was, it was going to be a success anyway. I know all publicity is good publicity, but mm-hmm. Harry Styles doesn't really need it. Yeah, neither did them either. You know, and so it just—I don't know why any of that would need PR. I don't. Un- mm-hmm. That it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and especially just like when, like with Harry, especially. Um, you know, the whole thing treat people with kindness and then that's the last thing that his fans are doing to anyone yeah. that is in any way around him like yeah. and and not even actually just with Harry you know like Eleanor for example like all any woman that has ever been in any way related to the band yeah um romantically has their comments turned off on Instagram and I think that I in think itself is, says a lot you know what I think is weird though about it is that you don't get it for like Mayor Henry she doesn't get it she was a fan yeah. who's now engaged to like live in her what pad yeah. drink. Like, let's not lie. Didi Hadid, she doesn't get it. She's been dating Zane. Zane's yeah. off probably sleeping with other people when they first got together. She doesn't yeah. get it. And then Niall's new girlfriend does oh, all that. She gets none of it. I often forget Niall has a girlfriend. Yeah. Someone wants to talk about that. And so it does always just come back to, to Larry. Yeah. Really. It comes back to Larry. Yeah. Because um, even, I was saying this to Ali, like, this was a couple of months ago now, maybe, but, do you know, on TikTok, you'd always see, like, little fan edits of people, like, whether it's the lads in the band or them with some interviewer in particular, and I realised I had never seen anyone make a fan edit of Eleanor or of Eleanor and Louie, and then I came across one of Louie and that girl, Danielle, from yeah. Vampire Diaries that he yeah. went out with, and I was like, hang on. You just want to hit Eleanor this much. They, like this I, woman who's been by his side for like 10 years, pretty much on and off. Like, let's round it up. If it's not 10 years, it's like seven or eight. Yeah. It's yeah. a long time. Like I just can't believe like the efforts that people will go. Like when I see, like, she'll post something on her story and it'll be like, her tattoo is missing. Like, and they'll be like, <laughs> the reflection of her glasses yeah. tells me that she is in this house. And the reflection of the sun on the back of Louis's house and the LA skyline could obviously not look the same from different places. Like, there's just, it's mental. Like, and I do think, like, it's like, don't get me wrong. I, all fans are great I would love to speak to someone who is like that excessive like as a fan yeah. and understand what makes them want to be like it. that because yeah. it's like it's oh, probably gonna get cancelled for saying this it's fans like that that give other fans like ourselves bad names because they're but the ones really that gain is, the traction like, on social media because people will come out and try and defend or yeah. they'll be like the whole group of Larry's that are like, yes, let's get on board and like make this bigger than what it is. Um, and I think that then that's what makes public perception different where like everybody was going, oh, kill Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde. And then from within his own fan base, people went, ew, no, yeah. couldn't be real. So then everyone else, that makes it a thing for everyone else. And that becomes like a part of the like official media narrative or official like public opinion. And it really like, it all comes down to Larry's and within that or around that I don't know like it's just so much misogyny like we it's and it's genuinely like really hard to read sometimes because we want to do a little like spin-off series about Larry so we always say this in our podcast like if you're listening and your blood's absolutely boiling and you're raging and you're like screaming at your phone or whatever you're listening on going no you don't get it like we're dying to talk to someone um properly about it Because, like, I've been researching for the little spin-off series and going on to Larry blogs and even the stuff they write about Brianna, 
Louis' baby mama and her whole whole family and like this just the stuff that's written about his son genuinely is so upsetting I fell down a well of watching them and then being like hmm maybe this is true and then I'm like no like you're yeah I fall down this all the time because like obviously we've all ended up on Larry TikTok at some stage and like do you know some of the things that they come up with are convincing but if you look that hard and if if you like move things around a little bit to suit mm-hmm. the narrative you're trying to push of course they're going to be convincing of course they're going to seem true you can- there are conspiracies of it for other people like there's the taylor swift carly class one there was one for lauren and camilla in fifth oh, harmony yeah. wasn't it and then there's obviously the sean mendes one as well and that's something that we always like or i always kind of circle back to when we're talking about larry anyways because so many people, it's like a meme on the internet that, of the conspiracy theory of Shawn Mendes is gay. And when he was asked about it, he was like, I'm not. And it's hurtful to me because like I have gay friends and now I'm like, do I overanalyze everything that I do around them or even just within himself? And he said in an interview when he was asked about it, that like if he was gay, it would have made him want to kill himself because people overanalyzing or that he would have never come out of the closet yeah because when people are overanalyzing you that much like if you're already having those thoughts and you know if you are questioning that then what kind of pressure does that put on you and on your relationships with other people and so the whole thing just feels regressive and I don't really know what the end goal is as well yeah that's that's our thing I think with the Larry's like I just I don't understand what the aim is like it's 11 years later and people are still pushing it and it's like if say it does say it does come out and they were together or are together or whatever what have they achieved like do you just want to be right or do you want to have outed someone yeah yeah, I, I just, just like, I saw a TikTok the other day and it was from, I don't know if I'm using the right pronouns here because obviously I just flipped past it on TikTok. There was a guy, I'm assuming that he's either gay or bi or asexual, pansexual. And he was basically, someone had commented something about One Direction on one of his videos and about Larry. And he was like, I don't like, this is actually really hurtful in regards to the Oh, LGBT I saw this as well. I saw this like, too. Community. Like, you shouldn't be like trying to force a narrative on other people mm-hmm. that you don't know nothing about and that yeah. you think other people within who are like gay have got to hide who they are because yeah, yeah. yes yeah two things from that one I don't see many Larry's actually going out and supporting actually gay and out artists mm. oh my god I was just gonna care say that much yeah. about the community then go and stream and go and stand some actually queer artists and two I think that it is actually ends up being so homophobic like this came up on my youtube suggestions one time it's a 45 minute video called louis tomlinson being the gay stereotype that he is and it is just all these little clips of him laughing and them going oh look how gay he is him walking down the street and he's got a limp wrist and they're like look that means he's gay and that is just such harmful stereotyping like are we not past this do you not see just how like at its core wrong that is okay so just got four more questions really to round everything up um from the deep heavy chat that we kind of fell in yeah then got a bit beefed there sorry (laughs) (laughs) um we'll go with this one first but someone actually sent in but I did actually ask I put this down myself um what are you planning to do when you get to the last song on Made in the AM with the podcast? Um, <laughs> oh no, I'm actually I'm actually going to have uh, Aoife and Ali as indentured servants, um, and we're actually <laughs> going to go through the entire discography, uh, every song written by Robert Pollard. And I just looked it up there, and the 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 tally he's got the most registered songs of any like human of the musicians union. So that's two thousand. He's, he's in Guided by Voices. You know the band Guided by Voices? He's that guy. No. He writes all their songs. He's written 2,000 songs. So we're going to go through. Oh, my God. Oh, all 30, I think I have to wash 30. my hair that day, Harry, actually. <laughs> yeah. Harry, we'll do the Avatar podcast, which you no problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, minute by minute, Avatar, yeah. <laughs> A minute of Avatar every day. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah. So I'm not sure. I feel like in the little, like, spreadsheet, 
Excel plan we have currently, we would do a little like where are they now episode on all of the boys. If it got to a point where like the podcast was a massive success and a significant source of income or something for all of us and like actually a a significant job, maybe we would do all of their solo albums, but I also feel like Harry Casey would probably like bait me up if I asked him to do that. I would, I would lose the head if I had to talk. Yeah, about I don't think you would do that. So time, like, currently, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Doors open for something. I don't. There's know. There's enough to keep us going, though. Really, when you yeah, look at we've all got the, a good like, lot of content in there. Stuff and, that happens coming up. Yeah, so. and like we've got. There'll be bonus episodes and stuff as well. So yeah, I also feel like God knows what will be happening in the world when we this are at the it. end of it. So yeah. they could be back together. They could, you know, who knows? Like I think there's definitely enough content coming out at the minute from Harry alone to still be able to <laughs> somehow shite out something weekly. Uh, you never know. It's up, all up in the air for now. Yeah. What do you hope for the future with the podcast? Like your plans and as such um like we said earlier like the big main dream goal is to get Liam Louie or Niall on but other than that we're just excited so we're about to start talking about Take Me Home album so we're excited to get into having those conversations with people and do our little Larry spin-off series and just like keep it growing and keep having really cool conversations with people it's just so much fun to like hear how everybody else got into one direction i'd love to somehow end up doing this as a job that, um, that, that would like, be I really would... nice like it and you know it doesn't have to be our podcast but that would be great if we somehow were able to get paid for it but you know like i would love definitely love to go into some sort of like music pop culture whether it's radio writing or whatever i would love to sort of i think it's made me realize that that's sort of what i'd like to do like research yeah. develop development yeah. of shows of any kind yeah um, it's made me realize yeah. that that's what i'd like to do, do you know what i'd yeah. love actually i'd love for people to i'd love to get the podcast to a point where people will actually like take take it seriously like i'm not yeah. just talking about like the three of us i mean that like if i said someone i do a podcast about one direction that they go oh that's cool as opposed yeah. to a little eye roll and exhale yeah because I, it, like at the end of the day it's actually about it's about way more than one direction it's about like pop culture it's about music yeah. history of like the 2010s it ends up about being about like misogyny a lot of the time mm-hmm. because that comes yeah. into play so much like it's about so much more um so i think the yeah most it'd be really misogynistic cool. songs ever written are on that first album yes 100 so. <laughs> percent. you know there's lots of other conversations yeah. that happen on it as well as things to do with being a fan yeah so i think it would be really cool if yeah if more people yeah. listened from other perspectives as well as yeah. fangirl perspectives that'd be yeah. cool so the last two questions are I ask everyone that is a guest these last two questions um so what has being a fangirl brought to your life being a fangirl has just brought me so much joy in different ways like whether it's collective fun online looking at pictures from a concert or being at a concert or making friends or just the music itself just so much or not even just music like that's just speaking specifically about one direction just so much joy yeah I think it's the same like it's brought me so much like good memories like all my funniest memories are of like trying to meet bands or like going abroad to see a concert or you know the, the the people you meet queuing for things like they I just remember all those things so clearly and they're like the best days and then just like the the random like coincidences and stuff that happened like one of my best friends in college Jen we met because she knew me off the internet from being a fan like some of my best friends have made through being a fan girl mm-hmm. um and they're not even directly from you know online some of them are people that I've just met who like the same things as me so yeah it's like friendship and adventures for me it's the opposite being a fan is a source of enormous regret uh whenever you <laughs> you say you're gonna go see the, you, the band are playing in london and they've not played for 30 years and you decide you're 18 you're like i don't really want to do i don't really want to go to the effort of trying to like oh, yeah. pay for this and all and when you won't take like, a day it, off work to see the 1975 yeah, and then you go well, into global pandemic well, where I'm going with this one is that then that's the band's last concert in London, the one I didn't go to when I was 18, didn't go to that. 
uh, I was a big fan of the band Neutral Milk Hotel when I was uh, like in my teenage years. They played Belfast the night before my A-level English exam. Great, great. Uh, didn't go, didn't go. What has being a fangirl taught you? I think being a fangirl has taught me to just be unapologetically myself. But yeah, I think just especially recently, like with TikTok and doing the podcast and like speaking with yourself and Izzy and the other girls on your podcast and just seeing this like growing community. I don't know. It feels like more cool and valid than ever to be a fangirl. So kind of the same. I think it's just like enthusiasm isn't a bad thing. Like you're allowed to, you're allowed to express your feelings about anything, whether it's like, there's no like a band, whether you love a recipe, like, shout and scream about things if you like them like it it doesn't matter like if people shit on you for it they're the losers yeah I can't really think of any teachable lessons from my time uh, (laughs) consuming media but uh, (laughs) I like the blow I like the blow then really the last thing to do is to let everybody know where they can find you um online so if you have enjoyed our ramblings or if you're a 1D fan and want to check us out or even if you absolutely hate 1D and you still want to check us out, we are Midnight Memories, the podcast, available on any any good streaming platforms. And you can give us a little review if you do listen and do you like what you hear. Uh, you can give us a follow at Midnight Mems Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you want to help me on my quest to get a PR package, you can follow me at <laughs> Brown7 on Twitter and Instagram. So that's A-O-I-F-E-B-R-O-W-N-E-7. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And I'm Fizzy Alley on all of them, which is like fizzy like the drink. And then Ali spelt A-L-L-I-E. If you liked anything that I said today, you can catch me on Twitter at squid underscore marquee. So you can find me there um, for more unhinged ramblings. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us, including yeah. this. Um, Edit this back in. Thank <laughs> you so much for having us. <laughs> <laughs> A big thank you to Aoife, Ali and Harry for joining me on this week's episode. If you want to find out more about Midnight Memories, the podcast, head over to our Instagram at that fangirl life podcast. And if you have been enjoying our podcast, please make sure to follow us on Spotify and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help others find the show. And that's it for season two. However, keep an eye on our Twitter and our Instagram to see some exciting news on the 1st of June. (laughs)